There are 39 milahot which constitute forms of work forbidden on the Sabbath. It's the why behind the way we do the things we do. Join Rabbi Musha Schnurb now for Hilchos Shabbos, only on 101.9 High FM. Welcome everybody. Thank you for joining us again on another beautiful early spring Erev Shabbos here in Johannesburg, South Africa. What a warm welcome and what an exciting week it's been. Baruch Hashem, we've had this course, many of us to go back to shul and to begin again to be able to have the great privilege of davening with a tzibur of davening together with other like-minded people and to be able to say the really hallowed words of Kodesh, 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 of sanctifying Hashem's name, of answering to a, to a Kaddish, of being able to really get back into it, which is such an important thing for, for, uh, our preparation for Shoshana, for all of those who have not come back, continue to be able to really experience what filler is by themselves, where you have the chance to dive in a bit slower, perhaps to really go, get into the words, to really enjoy your, your davening in the way that maybe in a, in a minion one, one cannot. So there's beautiful benefits, there's beautiful advantages to, to both and whatever situation our Kodesh Baruch Hu has put one in, whether, whether you're able to go to shul or, or not able to go to shul, that is the perfect situation that you need to be in and, and you need to take advantage and, and utilize fully that, that, that situation and, and make it, and make it, and make it work. It's a beautiful idea, huh? But perhaps a little bit scary for us. You know, at the very end of the Parsha, so we have what we trumpet out and make the main, uh, uh, sort of star of the show of Parsha's Zohar, Shabbos before Purim, but of course the source of it comes from the Mafti, the last three psukim of, of this week's Pasha, where it says, Zohar Esasher Asolacho Amalek. Remember what Amalek did? Right? When Hashem finally gives you rest from all your enemies, eradicate all the memories of Amalek. Don't forget to do it. It's something that you have to keep on your mind all, all the time. Ask the Chiddush Yarim, first year ever, how can the Torah command us, how can the Torah command anyone that we mustn't forget? Forgetfulness is, is a reality. I mean, uh, you know, a person can sometimes try as hard as he wants to, to remember things, and nevertheless, he, uh, he forgets. It's something that doesn't seem to be dependent on, on, on us. I guess we all know that we sometimes forget things. Some people forget significant dates on, uh, on, on the calendar. Some people forget specific instructions. They were, they were, they were given. And it happens. It's, it's a reality. Obviously, we're not talking about low people that, that, uh, that, uh, have a, have a physiological 
uh, issue, but everyone, even even the most healthy of people, sometimes uh, uh, forgets things. How can the Torah make an absolute mandate? Don't forget to remember to destroy Amalek. Says the Chedush Yarim. He explains it as follows. So the way to explain this is based on a Pasuk in Tehillim. Where Davon Amalek says, in Tehillim Kufyotes, La'aylam lo'i eshkach pikudecha. Says, I will never forget your mitzvahs. Why? Kibam chisani. Because they are my laugh. They are the very essence of, of my existence. And something that is the essence of my existence, that's something I will never, I will never forget. So it doesn't make a difference how difficult of a situation a person is. It can be completely, completely out of his mind with, with worry or, or, or anxiety or, 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 or fear or whatever it is, whatever is the, the, the feeling of the day that's overwhelming him. It's, it's highly unlikely that a person's going to go out without his clothes on. Because that's something that's so basic and, and, and so necessary for a person, because that is something that is a very, very, it's built into him. It, it's actually, it's, it's, it's essential part of, of his life. Something like that, you're not going to forget. Says the Chedush Yorim, the Torah wants to tell us that the mitzvah to remember what Amalek did to us needs to be entrenched into us. That is something that is an essential part of, of, of our lives. I tell a story about Rabbi Shua Blade Diskin. Riskarov was called. That one time he forgot to say Yalaviyavai at Mincha on, on, on Rosh Chodesh. So he came home and he's, and he's told his, uh, he told his Rebbitzin what had happened. So the Rabbinit said, he must be, he must be not well. He must be sick. It's not possible that Yabeshua Lev will forget Yalavayava unless, unless he's, he's sick. And she took his temperature and discovered that he had, uh, he had 40, he had a 40 temp- temperature. When Rav Shalom Shadron told this story to the Briskorov, right, Rav Velvel, he be- he, as soon as he began to tell the story, the Briskorov interrupted him and said, it's not possible. The Briskorov said to him, it's, the story is not, not correct. It cannot be. It's not possible. Rabbi Shur Leib did not forget. And again, he tried a second time to tell, to tell the, uh, the story. And again, the, the Briskorov interrupted him and said, it's not possible. Rabbi Shur Leib Diskin is so full of Torah, duch and duch. His whole life, his very essence is limut Torah, his involvement in Torah. It, it's, it, uh, it penetrates every pore of his being. Cannot be that he would forget to say, to say, yalla, yalla, yalla. And, and, uh, you know, the grave, on, on, on the, on the eighth day of the Milumim, when, when the, uh, uh, the Mishkan was inaugurated, and there was a discussion 
between Moshe and Aaron what to do with the with the soya with the goat that was brought on on Rishchidish. Aaron was Tame, Aaron was was an Oinein. His his sons had died. Pasuk says, "Vayishma Moshe vayita beino." Moshe beino heard, and it, it, it was good. And and Rashi says, bush. He admitted, and he wasn't embarrassed. Loima loishamati. He didn't try to make an excuse and say, "I, I, I don't know what that luck was." Rather, he was. He said. Shamati, I did hear, I knew the halacha, the shochachti. And, and I, and I forgot. He didn't try to apologize and get out of that. I never heard what you said. No, I heard it and I forgot it. Why? Because obviously that wasn't so essential to me. And I'm not, I'm not casting judgment on anybody. This is the vote of the chadush Something that is really, really important to us, we cannot forget. And if we understand that a malik, stands as the antithesis to every value, to every kriloi, to every bit of emunah that Yiddishkeit is, then we understand that it has to be absolutely paramount in our minds that we need to er eradicate. We need to rid the world of his way of thinking, of his, of his whole, whole philosophy. Otherwise, the world can never exist. As long as Amalek's ideology, which is co- to completely deny God, he had no fear of God, he had no knowledge of Hashem, he took the bris meal and threw it up. He's a person that's, that's completely cynical about everything that is, that is Jewish. That has to be something that is so deeply rooted. Our animosity to his way of thinking that we can never ever forget to, to rid the world of, of, of something like that. Things that are important to us, we, 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 we never, we never forget. We never, we never lose sight of. We never want to, for a moment, let that out of our, of our mind because Kihem Chayenu, that is our essential being. If Torah is really important to us, then, then what we learn and what we, what we, what we imbibe and we hear a sheer and we come home and they say, what did the Rav say? <laughs> I can't remember. Why not? Because either you weren't really listening or it's not something that actually made that much of an impression. We'll be back in a moment. This is 101.9 Chai FM, soul to soul on the greatest Jewish radio station in all of Africa. There are 39 milahot which constitute forms of work forbidden on the Sabbath. It's the why behind the way we do the things we do. Join Rabbi Musha Schnurb now for Hilchos Shabbos, only on 101.9 High FM. Chai FM, we're back on your radio here in Johannesburg. Thank you for taking the time to... Uh, uh, share it with us as we prepare for another beautiful Shabbos, as we do at this point on the show, just to give you the very vital times and details you need to know about this Shabbos. So as I said, this is Shabbos Pasha's key. Seitze, the uh, latest time for lich benching, for candle lighting today is at 5.36. Let's make sure you have them on by then, we don't want to run into injury time because that's always dangerous. You can get hurt 
an injury time. No, we want to make sure that we start Shabbos on time, but of course, you don't have to wait that long. As we always say, you can begin Shabbos much earlier than that. You can light your candles already at 4.53, at 7 minutes before 5 o'clock, right? Light the candles, start your Shabbos, already bring the Shabbos atmosphere into your home. You can sit down and daven in, say Kabbal Shabbos, and Meirev, and sit down and, and make make the Suda, especially if one has little children. It's a lovely way of ensuring that they're able to actually participate. Otherwise, it gets so late, and they can't be part of it, and they're already kvetchy. If you start a little bit earlier, then they get to enjoy the ambiance and the beauty and the good food, of course, of a beautiful, of a beautiful Sudas, Suda Shabbos. Shkia is at 5.54, six minutes before six. So, if you want to daven Meirev and not have to repeat uh, uh, Krishma, so you would wait until 6.12. 6.12 already would be uh, a proper night. You wouldn't have to repeat repeat uh, Krishma. Tomorrow morning, as we said, is, is we're going to be laying Pasha's Kiseitse. The Haftarah is the Haftarah of Rani Akora, one of the shortest Haftarahs uh, there is. It's the continuation of, of the Haftarah we laying two weeks ago in in uh so actually the continuation actually comes before the Haftari we lane two weeks ago, Pasha's Pasha's Ray, one of the beautiful Haftaris of comfort and encouragement of beautiful, beautiful tidings of what's going to come when Akarishbah restores his true relationship with with the Jewish with the Jewish uh, uh, nation. Uh tomorrow we again we begin our last round of saying Prikyovis, but the only Three Shabbosas left till on Rosh Hashanah. So we're going to have to double up. So tomorrow we'll say Perik Aleph and Beis. Give yourself a little bit extra, extra time. Shabbos Kodesh ends tomorrow night, unfortunately, at 626, 26 minutes past six. It's already getting, it's like a whole half an hour later than at its earliest. So it's starting to move, starting to motor towards summer. I'm sure you can all see signs. Of, of that in every atmosphere of one's, of one's life, that summer is, is, uh, is beginning to, to, uh, to dawn. But let's talk a little bit about Chodesh, Chodesh Elul. It was about 25 years ago. On one sort of beautiful spring and pleasant evening in Memphis, Tennessee, in the southern United States, the streets were busy, as is normal, people rushing to and fro. And on one of the streets was standing the going Rav Sina Moshkovitz, who was then the Rosh Yeshiva of Yeshivas Pnei Moshe in base, in base Mayor. And of course, he was there for one reason and one reason only, to collect some money. As he's standing there, suddenly a, a warm hand taps him on the shoulder and he, and he hears a Shalom Aleichem. And he turns around and who's standing there? Rabbi Ephraim Greenblatt, who was one of the leading Rabbonim in the city of Memphis at the time, a, 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 a very close Talmud of the Paisa Kadot of Moshe, of Moshe Feinstein. He says, ah, oh, 
So Shalom Aleichem answers the Mashkuts with a broad, with a broad smile. Very surprised to have met one of his friends. They knew each other from, from way back. They already had connection. And they began to talk. And, uh, uh, Rav Ninblad asked him, what, what are you doing? What, what, what are you doing in the moment? And what, what, uh, what are your duties as, as, as Rosh Hashira and why are you here? And obviously he told them that he was here to, to raise, to raise money because they needed to build a new building for, for, for the yeshiva. And Omashkut expressed his absolute despair and, and how difficult it was to, to collect money and how he didn't even think at this point that he had even covered the, the cost of his, of, of, of his ticket. And it, he says it's so, so, so difficult and I'm so despondent. And Rav Glimbat shook his head and said, thought for a moment and said, I have an idea. He said suddenly, says, there is a Yid who lives here in in Memphis, very precious, very dear, very person with an incredibly open and and generous heart, and 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 gives and gives to Daka, and his name is Mister Bells. Right, Mister Bells was merited when he was very young. He received a bracha for wealth. From of Aaron Belzer, where of Aaron promised him that if he would keep Torah and mitzvahs, he would become a very wealthy person. And Mr. Bells stood by his commitment, and he began to to learn Torah, and he began to to act as a a frumer person, and he became one of the most prominent millionaires in 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 certainly in in the in, in that town or in that region and he was in property. He owned many businesses and, and many residential and business kind of properties and hotels and, uh, and old age homes. <laughs> what didn't he, what didn't he own? So Mashkos got excited and said, no. So obviously the, uh, he says to have obviously the Rav has, uh, has, uh, uh, connections with him, and obviously this is this is mina shemayim that we were supposed to meet, and that you'd be able to help me with my with my tremendously difficult work of getting of getting uh, 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 money. How do how do I get to to Mister Bell's? Sir Gleeman said, "This this is this is the problem. It's not so simple because this Mister Bell's uh, he made he made he had he had a very very beautiful." Where he used to conduct himself, and he used to make himself completely available, and he was amenable to help anyone who came and anyone who had any kind of request or a need. He opened up his heart. He opened up his checkbook to to uh, to you know answer yes to any kind of an appeal, and he became the address certainly in this part of America. And, and, and was being badgered and bothered so, so much that he virtually had, had no, no life and, you know, people didn't give him any, any, any minucheroid. And of course, the family started to become concerned that he was giving away too much 
of the uh, family fortune, and they stepped in and and began to began to restrict restrict it. So therefore, today, Mr. Bell's lives kind of in a, in a protected environment, and you cannot get to him at all. You want a request, so it has to go through a whole network of uh, of uh, of secretaries and and uh, lower level in, in in employees, and you don't even know if most of the requests even get uh, to him, and it takes a long time, and one doesn't always get such a even when one does get such an answer, one doesn't get such a necessarily as satisfactory amount as one would have hoped to to get. You get something. But, uh, yeah, and he has a whole set of criteria, but it's never as much as one would hope to, to, to get. So he says, I'm going to try to, to get you a meeting with, uh, Mr. Bells himself, said, said Rav Greenbad. And, and he spent, he spent many hours trying to get that meeting set up. Uh, but unfortunately, his efforts were un, unsuccessful and, Rabbi Gimlet had to uh, actually inform Rabbi Moshkowitz that it's it's impossible. There's no way I'm going to be able to to get you a meeting with Mr. Bells himself. But I have managed to organize a meeting for you with his main, his personal, his personal uh, uh, a secretary. Maybe, maybe we'll, that you'll be able to get him that 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 way. And and. He phoned him, and the, the, this uh, personal secretary of Mr. Bell actually agreed quite willingly to meet Rab Rab Mashkowitz, but under certain conditions. It has to be nine o'clock, and it has to be for five minutes. We'll talk for five minutes, and then we'll see what we can accomplish during that time, and we'll see if we can get we can get something that I can give over to to uh, to Mr. Mr. Bell's, and they fixed. A, a date, and so Rav Glimat uh, informed Rav Moshkowitz on the tremendous Yata Dishmaya that he had had to set up this meeting uh, with 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 the uh, secretary, and it's going to be tomorrow morning at exactly nine o'clock in the office of Mr. Bell, which is called a, a beautiful uh, office block called guess what the Bell's Towers, which is one of the uh, tallest buildings in downtown uh, 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 Memphis and uh, you know, then uh, he'll see you there and please God and, and make every effort please to not be late because the meeting is not going to happen says Rabbi Gimad if you're not there exactly at nine, at nine, at nine o'clock Ramashka Tadi slept that, that night What's he going to say? How's he going to, how's he going to make a successful appeal to the secretary to, to manage to get to, to uh, say something that hopefully will impress the secretary enough that he'll want to give it over to Mr. Bells and Mr. Bells will be in the right, in the right moment. And finally, the great moment, uh, 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 arrived. Mashkut Davins early and he had agreed with his brother who lived in uh, in Memphis of Yankov, uh, that he was going to drive him to the uh, to the meeting, so there shouldn't be any any mess ups, any any confusion. At twenty eight minutes past seven in the morning, 
Moskowitz was waiting after Shachris, and at half past seven already, they set out for the meeting, absolutely to make sure that nothing untoward would would happen. Of course, otherwise it wouldn't be a story. There was, of course, a a traffic jam, which definitely uh, 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 delayed them. And at the end of the day, after uh, a big effort you know, on ways and to get here, well, I know there wasn't ways then 25 years ago, and, and you know, using all the back roads, eventually they got to the, the gate of the Bells, of the Bells uh, uh, Towers, beautiful, beautiful uh, uh, building, and his brother stopped, stopped like right near the, the lifts, and says, when you get out, get a lift that will take you to the 42nd floor, which is where his offices were. Says the brother, I'm just going to park the, the, the car and I'll come, I'll come, uh, join you. But says, please get out of the car, uh, uh, quickly because there's another car right behind me who wants to get by. I can't hold the traffic up. You know, there's a long, long queue here. Please, uh, uh get out now and get in that slot. So Rav Mashkitz put on his hat, quickly got out of the car, and from the car behind him, so the person that was in that car also got out, an elderly man who Rav Mashkitz didn't, didn't know, and was also walking towards the lifts, and the man sees Rav Mashkitz and extends a hand and says, Shalom Lechem, he says to him, Ah, hi, Mashiyida. Says, says the, says the man in a broken, Americanized, uh, 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 Yiddish. He says, uh, you know, kind of Memphis, Memphis style. So Ramashkot says, yes, yes. And, uh, obviously he wants to, uh, shorten the conversation as, as much as possible. There are only a few more minutes until, until nine o'clock. He says, yes, I come from Eretz Israel. And I'm coming to meet someone on the 42nd floor. Where, where are the, uh, where are the lifts? See, he, he asked. So the man said to him, no, no, they're, 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 they're right here. I'm also, I'll, I'll walk with you. I'm also going, I'm also going to, to the lifts. So in the meantime, Ramashkut hears from behind him that his, that his brother is hooting on, on, on the horn and, and you sure? Yes, yes, that's, that's, uh, his brother's hooting to, to let him know that, you know, which way the, the lifts are, but he already knew because, uh, he, uh, uh, he, he, uh, you know, the person, the old man already told him, says, no, no, I'm, I'm alright. I know, I know where the lifts, where the lifts are. But his brother continues to, to, to hoot and, and to, and to point. He's pointing to the, to the person, to the person next to him. And Amashkut again turned around and, and he yelled at his brothers, yes, yes, I, I, I know, right? I understand that, uh, that, uh, I'm gonna ask him. Of course I'm gonna ask him where the lifts, where the lifts are. And, uh, and, and he followed him in the direction of the, of, of, of the, of the lists. And the man, Amashkut uh, followed this person to, to the lifts. And of course he didn't want to delay. He had only had a couple of minutes left until until it was it was a uh, uh, nine nine o'clock, and he says, "Yeah, no, I'll exp- he'll explain to me exactly how to how to uh, how to get there." And in the meantime, they they walked away f- in the, into the lobby, 
and they were approaching the the uh, the the lift. So the the man, the old man, Austin says, "What are you doing here? A yid from Eretz Yisrael? What are you What are you doing here?" So Ramashkowitz uh, was very uh, impatient. He was kept looking at his at his watch. It was it was very very close. It was ready now five to five to nine. In five minutes, he had to he had to be together with the in 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 the office and and meet this uh, chief uh, this chief secretary. And so instead of almost answering, he asked he asked the the Jew next to him very very politely. Says, "I'm sorry, I'm I'm a little bit in a hurry. Could you could you tell me, you know, how how soon does the lift?" Does the lift come? So the man says, "No, no. In a few seconds, it'll it'll, it'll be here." The man man answered uh, quite quite uh, shortly, and he again he tried to start a conversation with the Machkutz and ask him what he's doing, and and he says, "A chashva looking gid like you certainly are you in charge of an institution, and what well, what are you doing? Or maybe a a stock organization? Surely you must be so." So so the Machkutz says, "Yes, yes." Uh, 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 you know, obviously as shortly as, 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 uh, as, as possible. And he's so preoccupied by, by, uh, by getting there. He says, but, but why isn't there, why isn't a lift coming? I'm, I'm in such a, I'm in such a hurry. I need to be in the 42nd floor now. So the man said, don't worry, relax. It's, it's coming. And, and talk at that moment, the lift, the lift, uh, arrives and, and the doors opened and they, and they, and they stepped inside. And again, the man asked him, tell me, what kind of an institution do you have in, in Eretz Israel? What is the general sort of, uh, financial situation in, in, in Eretz Israel? Is, is it as bad as, as, as we hear? Are you, are you, are you managing? So, Mashkut smiles and says, look, I can give you a very, very long answer to that, uh, to that question, but the truth is, I, I don't have time now. I have I have this meeting at uh, at nine o'clock, and it's three minutes to nine, and and the bell rings, and and the doors open, and we're now in the in on the forty second floor, and they they exit from from the from the lift. So the the person who's with them goes out first and disappears down the long passages. Of the of the floor, and Mashkutz is left by himself to to find the way to the office of uh, of the secretary of uh, of Mr. Bells. At the same moment, the lift next door arrives, and and uh, Mashkutz's brother comes out looking quite harried and quite rushed and quite frustrated, and he says to him, "No, how did it go? What did you speak to him?" Asks his brother in quite suspense. With who? said Jamashkutz. What do you mean, with who? With, with Mr. Bells. What did you speak to him about? So I didn't speak to him at all. And, and I, and I won't speak to him. I have, I have a, a appointment with a, with a secretary. And uh, in, in another, another two minutes, it's eight, it's eight fifty-eight. What do you mean? Now, where, where, where is the office that I need to, that I need to get to? So, 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 says brother, what are you talking about? You didn't speak to him, but but uh, you walked with him. You went into the lift with him, right? You you that that was Mister Bells. You went into the lift with him. Didn't 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 you ask your questions? Didn't you speak to him? Didn't you tell him your your situation? And the penny dropped, and Ramashkutz was silent. And when the initial when the initial shock. Wore off, said, oi, 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 
says, look at opportunity. I asked him to show me how we get to the 42nd floor. And, and he, he tried to get into a conversation and he was bothering me with the, all his questions about what kind of mice that I have and, and, and what's the financial situation in it. So, but I was, I was, I was impatient. I didn't know who he was and I kind of got, got rid of him as quickly as, as possible. Really? Was that Mr. Bells? Said his brother, yes, you may not know who he is, but I, I have seen him. I have had contact with him. Yes, that was. Mr. Mr. Bells, you don't know him, but 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 I do. And of course, uh, Mashkut was completely, completely devastated. And two minutes later, he went into the into the uh, meeting with the uh, chief secretary of 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 Mr. Bells, and of course, he made he made whatever impression he could. And the secretary promised he would speak to Mr. Bells, and probably a check arrived. Well, no, Mashkut got back there to show. He said to his Talmudim, look, I didn't get a check, but I learned a really important lesson about what Elul is. You know, we're so busy preparing. Rosh Hashanah is coming, and I gotta do something, and I gotta make sure I look good, I gotta make sure I do tshuva, I gotta make sure that, that I say extra tilim, and I do so much extra preparation to get ready for Elul. Hashem is here today. The chakras you daven today. The broch you make over the apple you're gonna eat today. All the things you do every day. Elul is about not even so much doing so much extra. But doing what we need to do and doing it a little bit better. This is 11.9 High FM. We'll be back in a moment. There are 39 milahot which constitute forms of work forbidden on the Sabbath. It's the why behind the way we do the things we do. Join Rabbi Musha Schnurb now for Hilchos Shabbos only on 101.9 High FM. On a Friday afternoon, we hope you're enjoying this week's edition. Thank you so much for taking the time for joining our show. And of course, all the other amazing Soul to Soul presenters. We have some of the most top-rated Rabbonim and speakers in, in Johannesburg, all dedicated to giving you a little bit of insight, a little bit of thought, a little bit of knowledge, a little bit of inspiration throughout the week, every day, Monday to Friday, from 1 to 3, there's beautiful Torah on your radio, and of course, other times also on this beautiful radio station, they've made many, many slots available for Shurim and things. Please take advantage, especially in Elul, as I said, we do want to do a little bit more of what we do normally, a little bit extra Torah, a little bit more Shurim, a little bit better understanding of what's going on in Elul and Rosh Hashanah. It's something really, really important. We are learning the halachas of Cholamoid, we have a Cholamoid coming up in about uh, six six weeks, five six weeks. So uh, we need to know what what to do, what we can and can't do. So we're talking about what is allowed to be done in the home on on uh, on Cholamoid. So basically, those things that are non professional activities are allowed to be done at home. Also, one can do, I say, do a sponger. One can definitely. Uh, a mop the 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 floors even with a with a mop. Uh, however, you cannot. 
let's say, a, a, a polishing or some sort of specialized type of cleaning to make it shine or something like that. Polish, that one should not do on on Chalmoy, uh, because that is actually a professional uh, activity, and that should not, professional activities, we said, should not be done on uh, on Chalamoy. On or if you, uh, you know, what they call it, a good deep clean, I think that's what it's called. Something that you do only very, uh, very, very, uh, occasionally, once every few months, or, or, or something like that, you know, cleaning your, your windows, or, or something, or something like, uh, like that. Though, that, those kind of activities should not be done on, on, uh, on, on Cholamoy, because, uh, if, if you do those kind of activities on, on Cholamoy, which, you do only periodically, so it looks like you're kind of uh, particularly uh, setting the time to do the work. You know, Chalmoyed, I'm not going to, I'm not going to work. I have a bit more time, so it's as if you kind of put off doing those activities to do it on on Chalmoyed, and that is considered a bizarre, and that's considered a, a, a mistreating of of the honor and the dignity of of, of Chalmoyed, which of course is something we don't want to do so those kind of things that are done only periodically should not be done on uh, on Cholomoyed. Uh similarly you'd be allowed to clean your carpets to to vacuum to you know to get all the dust out of it either you know uh, 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 using I guess you call it a dust buster or one of those tennis rackets that they used to get out all the first uh, it was one of the things I always look forward to as a bachanet so you saw these women with a with their you know, carpet sticking out the window and they took out that tennis racket and they really gave it a good a good a good go. And uh I thought it was a wonderful way of kind of getting rid of all one's frustrations. Probably could save a lot of money on on psychiatrist bills. No I I'm nothing against psychiatrists, but you're allowed to sort of get rid of the dust from your from your uh uh, uh carpets. But again to have the carpet cleaners or something like that and, and, and do a, do a deep clean on, on a, on a, on a carpet that really should not, the truth is one shouldn't actually, uh, bang them outside either. That's also, that's also something that's not done on a regular basis. It's done periodically and it fits, probably fits, you know, unless you're someone that actually, uh, does that to his carpets, uh, on a weekly basis. But, uh, if it's something that you would only do as part of your, house cleaning routine uh, more remotely then probably even taking your carpet out for a beating is probably not not the best thing to do even on on Chalmai either. Uh, if you have sort of furniture or furnishings that may have broken so again if it's if it's fixable in a in a in a sort of non-professional kind of way even if it's a temporary kind of fix it and you'll do it properly after after Yonta where there isn't too much bother or it's not going to take you too much time, right? Uh, I don't know, a, a, a leg of a chair fell off and you just want to take some some glue and and put it uh, put it back. But again, if it's a professional type of work where it's going to involve carpentry and stuff like that, that again should not be done on uh, on uh, on Chalamet. And again, it, it, needs, it needs to be stressed that whatever we allow you to do in terms of cleaning and things in in the house, whether it be the carpets or the floors, or to fix any any furniture in a non-professional way, this is again, this is always on the condition that 
whatever I'm doing, I need to do <coughs> for the purpose of the upcoming rest of the uh, of the yontif. But uh, where I'm not going to be using, let's say, uh, I'm not going to be in the house. We're going we're going away afterwards, or I'm not going to be in that room. Or I don't need that furniture. Then one's not allowed to uh, 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 put oneself out. One's not allowed to make every ex- any extra effort to prepare things or clean things for de- for the time that basically is after yontif. If you're going to be, you know. Uh, uh, you're going away uh, for the rest of Chalmoyed and, and the last days of Ayantav, you're not going to be there. So then what's the point of, of the cleaning? The cleaning can then wait till after Ayantav and should wait in that situation till after till after uh, uh, after after Yontav. Um If something gets stuck onto the floor and you need to pry it off so that people can will be able to walk properly or it just makes something look uh, ugly, so then you can Remove that either by hand or with a sharp uh, a tool, again, in a non-professional professional way. But if there's a lot of bother involved, then one, one mustn't do it. Uh, if you have your plants or something like that, one's allowed to water them with a watering can or, 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 a, or a hose pipe, whatever flowers one normally uh, 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 drinks, gives to drink every couple of, uh, of, of days, whether they're in the garden, whether they're in flower pots, it's all, it's all, uh, permitted, provided that, uh, again, the purpose of those flowers is for beauty. Certainly having them enhances the ambiance of your, of your home or, or your garden during, during the, the, the mayor. And therefore one's allowed to maintain those things, certainly by, by watering them. Certainly also, if you wanted to, you could cut some flowers to make a, a bouquet, make a, a, a vase full, so you could uh, have them on the table to enjoy, to enjoy uh, uh, Yamtiv. That certainly would be, would be, uh, would be allowed because uh, uh, even, even cutting the, the flowers, so it is not a professional activity. And if it's again, if it's a Tzorak Mayed, then it would be, it would be, uh, 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 permissible, um, and certainly if if uh, not taking care of them would God forbid cause the the flowers to die or something like that. So then one could water them even if you don't need them for chalmai, but to maintain them so they don't get ruined. That certainly one can that that would be then considered a a a double uh, The flowers are going to die without being watered. Certainly you can uh, you can you can uh, uh, can do that. Okay, since we know it's a mitzvah to have a haircut and to shave before yantav, it's a mitzvah to prepare oneself and look nice, look spiffy for the yantav. So Chazal forbade haircutting or, or shaving on chalamoid. In other words, even though the general principle is that I can do on chalamoid whatever I need for, to take care of my, of my physical body, and therefore, I could, let's say, uh, remove, uh, hair that's gonna cause me discomfort or pain. Chazal forbade to have a, uh, to have a haircut, or a, a beard trim on Cholamoy, because they were worried that if we allowed you to have a haircut on Cholamoy, people would push off the haircut until Cholamoy, and come into the first days of Yom Tif 
with long hair, said, I'll, I'll, I'll sort it on Chomai. And, and, and that's a, that's a bizarre for the first days of Yontiv. Why should they come to Yontiv with, with long shaggy hair and you'll get it done to Chomai? No. Do it before Yontiv so that you can come to the first days of Yontiv with, with, uh, look, looking, looking, uh, uh spiffy. And then Chomai you also. So therefore, in order to bring this about, they, they forbade, uh, haircutting on Chomai and by making it also to have a haircut, on, on Cholomoyed. So now, obviously people then make the greater effort to make sure they have a haircut before, before Yomtev, uh, before Yomtev starts. And, uh, in old days, Chazal were, were making, let's say someone came back from an overseas journey and arrived just before Yomtev and didn't have time to have a, a haircut. So they allowed having haircuts on, on Cholomoyed at least, uh, uh, privately, but today there's no reason to, to be, uh, lenient, you know, you, you're on a plane, what, let's say it's 10 hours, 12 hours, I mean, you arrange your flight, make sure you're home in time, that you have a time to do what you need to, uh, what you need to do, and then you'll, you'll do your haircut then. If someone really got lost, he was, you know, he lost his way in a, in a crazy place and was lost for several weeks and just managed to get home uh, uh, on a Yontif. So then he would be allowed to have a haircut on Chalmoyed, but in in uh, in in private because the the Isser is only where he could have had the the haircut uh, uh, before. And again, it, this is relevant to the head on the hair, the hair on the head, and one's one's uh, 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 beard. When they get too long, then or longer than what he's used to having, so he, he doesn't, he does, he looks unkempt, he looks, uh, he looks disheveled, and that's not a way to treat the the uh, the the, the yontiv. And therefore, in the situation where it was absolutely impossible for him to have a haircut before, he would be allowed to. To then have it on uh, on 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 Chalmay. Okay, that's about all the time we're going to have this week. We'll continue this discussion, please God, next week. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for making us part of your Friday afternoon. Just gives me a moment now to wish each and every one of you a beautiful Shabbos. Make this a Shabbos of inspiration. Make it a Shabbos where we just try a little bit harder to do the things we normally do on Shabbos. Do them a little better. Do them a little bit more love. Do them a little bit more kavana. Do it a little bit more machshava. Thought. I'm doing this to Hashem Shemayim. And Bez Hashem, that's the best way for us to prepare ourselves for the meeting with Mr. Bells, the meeting with, with, with HaKadosh Baruch on Rosh Hashanah, but realize HaKadosh Baruch was here. Every single day, he's always with us. He's always looking for our mitzvahs. Let's make it count. Let's make it beautiful. Let's make it an amazing Shabbos and a wonderful, good Shabbos to each and every one of you.